Hello everyone and welcome back to Just Interesting People podcast. We're joined here with Anton and I'm so excited to hear his stories. I'm going to pass over to Jeremy to introduce him properly, but thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome. Um, so yeah, today's guest is Anton, uh, I, our friend from Daybreaker Miami, another one. Um, yeah, we met probably you know, one year ago uh, at one of the events um, and then we got to know each other a bit more every month and uh, yeah recently we we had a conversation at the last daybreaker at space and i was like you need to come on a podcast i want to talk about that <laughs> so anton th- thank you for coming thank you for thanks being for here. having me this is a real joy my first podcast Yay! yeah but you so. you hold the mic yes, every weekend indeed. so you're used to it indeed <laughs> yes fine. um a different a different way of interacting with the mic um but uh this is definitely a first and i think a first for anything is a good experience no yeah. matter what yeah different um so we got a few things we want to talk about but the first one is the, the the thing that made me click and i was like i want to talk about that with you is um so when we first saw you when we first met you at daybreaker you are the mc so you're the guy Indeed. with the mic in the middle Hype being man. loud dancing jumping calling everyone like this super confident guy everything and then I got to know you a bit more. And then I find out that you're actually like an introvert, that you are really private, that you are an artist and you don't share that with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was like, how, who is this guy? Like, how can he be like Superman at the Daybreaker and then doing life? It's like Clark Kent, you know, that no wow. one noticed. Like, you know, that's an interesting <laughs> way of putting it. I know. <laughs> yeah. See, I told you I had a good one. <laughs> um and yeah i found that so interesting how how do you switch how do you turn on this this super guy in daybreaker and everything like can you explain that to me i love it yeah i mean you know there's there's not just one answer to it um but it's it's definitely a dichotomy there's definitely like a dual personality and um you know i'm I'm a gemini so maybe it's a gemini thing um but it's true uh in in my personal life, I like to be more private. I actually have a really hard time engaging with like social media, so I keep it kind of low key. Um, and what I do at home, uh, low key, and some of the things that I'm passionate about, like I'm an artist, um, I don't really post a lot about it. I keep it very private. And I really, I do enjoy, you know, small groups, small conversations, uh, intimate conversations that, you know, go deeper. Um, also times of solitude, like when you're in the studio alone for three, four hours at a time. I mean, being an artist is solitude. You are there with your thoughts alone, you and your work. Um, but there is this energy that you get when you interact with people, uh, you know, as, as the MC of someone for like Daybreaker, which is just all about the vibes, all about bringing people together, all about making people like commanding audiences, which is the complete polar opposite. Yeah. You know, and it's, <laughs> that's why I love it. Yeah. That. Yeah. And you know, I think a little bit of it is, um, it's, it's sort of like a persona. I mean, there is definitely a lot of authentic me going into it, but it is like a persona. You kind of show up, um, you know, I'm wearing, you know, shiny shoes that I probably would never wear on any given day. Oh, so freaking you know, cool. You know, yeah, I love, I love them. You know, like I like dressing all weird and like sometimes I'll show up and, and uh, the organizers are like, do you want to wear this cape? And I'm like, sure, why not? You know what I mean? Like, let's just go for it. And all of a sudden you kind of transition 
and uh, you're a different side of you. And now granted, I've always been a people person. I love connection, um, but genuine connection. Um, and I think this is, this is where I've always had a difficult time kind of being in, uh, you know, social environments like clubs and things like that, because everything just sort of stays really surface. And for me, like, I, I'm just such a thinker and, and a dreamer, and it's just really, really difficult to just, you know, be loud in this and around drunk people and having like very yeah. shallow conversations. Um, but still, I am a people person. Um, I can enjoy solitude as well and really enjoy that. I get a lot of peace uh, from being alone with my thoughts. Um, but Daybreakers is kind of a different story. Yeah. Because of what it stands for and the people that come out to it, the people come out to it. And, and this is what helps me get into that zone is knowing that they're there, um, ready to receive and give positive energy. Right. And everyone just sort of shows up knowing that this is a space where they can be weird, strange, uh, you know, they can really let themselves go and yeah. not be judged for it. Um, so just knowing the environment that you're stepping into helps me also get into that environment to like put on that ridiculous cape, to wear something strange. Um, uh, yeah. And then, you know, I think it, this stems back to like, you know, going back to, to your childhood or even middle school days. I was always the shortest person in the class. You know, I was always oh. really, really short. Um, it, it, I'm, I'm like average now, yeah. like average 5'8", but I was always the shortest one. Same thing. Um, yeah, so, you know, there, there's, there was always this kind of want to be heard or seen. You know what I mean? Uh, because I was a little bit more social back then, but it was always harder to, like, get the attention, even though you, you knew you, ha you had a way to corral people but you didn't have the physical, pr the presence, okay? Because like when you're naturally tall, people just look at you. They yeah. look up at you. Yeah, it's yeah, a psychological thing. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's studies about that. So it's really interesting. When you're on the mic though, you cut through everything and you are immediately louder than everyone else. Mm -hmm. But I want to use that to my advantage. You know what I mean? I don't want to say... Uh, you know, anything explicit on the mic or something like that, it then becomes a channel or an avenue rather for me to take things that are dear to me and impart them on a larger audience that is ready to receive something meaningful. And Daybreaker is like the perfect uh, platform <laughs> for that kind of thing. Um, I've done a lot of other MC work, like bar butt mitzvahs. Yeah, because I was going like to say that. you you do that. Like, yeah, on a regular and, basis, right? Yeah, and that was not easy for me to like get into it first. I first got into that in high school, and honestly, that takes so much more energy, and you have to really force yourself to get into that zone. Okay, because you're not dealing with that kind of audience that you want to interact with. Mm. You know, it's uh, a totally different different thing, and there you're really stepping into an alter ego, a different personality. You're a totally different person, totally different person. I don't even have my name in there. I'm just like MCA. I'm there to collect a check and that's really it. All right. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm good at what I do there, but it has like almost zero meaning. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? yeah. It doesn't mean anything for you because you know, you're not correct. It's, I guess you're not your authentic self. I exactly. When, when, I, not when, I, when I daybreaker, like, yeah. You, you love the community, you would right. be there no matter what. And seeing you would be there, dancing because you just love the energy, the vibe, and, yeah. and the values. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. and, and I guess if you can help people in a crowd expressing themselves yeah. and, and 
yeah, you are like promoting the values of the, of the community. So that, Correct. Guess, that helps to open the and, doors. You know, granted, a lot of what I learned over the years came from doing events that I didn't really necessarily want to do. Um, you know, learning how to use your voice to be engaging, to be like, um, you know, to really project, you know, coming from the diaphragm, like all those different things that go into it. Um, I think there's always just been this need as well to, um, to connect with people uh, by sensing where they feel vulnerable. Um, or unseen. So because, because again, I was always the shortest kid in the class and all that, I'm always trying to find the people in the audience that might be experiencing some other different level of discomfort yeah, in some other way and then making it, bringing them in, saying like, let's, f let's find a way for me to connect with you and feel that, hey, this is an inclusive space. Come on in. And I, I usually do that also in like small social environments if I feel like, someone's maybe um if you're like sitting with a group of people and someone um is kind of being on the side a bit quiet immediately i want to like engage with them and be like hey so wait what's your story you know and like kind of bring you in um because i've been there you know what i mean and i know how like uncomfortable it can be to be part of a group so kind of being sensitive to those things uh has played into that as well um but yeah no and and i, I tell you like when when i say finish any event, um, uh, Daybreaker included, when I get home, I, I just completely, you know, tune out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there's always that vibration going yeah. through your mind. There's all these endorphins still flying through, and you're like, that was so awesome. But then it's like, I just want to be, like, alone or with my wife and my cats and just, like, in my studio, you know, just back to – being with things that are just um, like yeah, my little re world. Recentering. Yeah, recentering and like being in your little world. Um, you know, those are the things that like really give me purpose as well. And it's, I mean, Daybreaker certainly does. Um, but like things that really give like my soul so much um, to just continue learning and growing and like in my own space. So it's, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> those days are like a nice one to like transition. Yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, it's a great way to start a morning, though. So oh, yeah. if any listeners are out there, like, come join us. Yeah, we, we told you it. that already. Yeah. You, miss you it don't want to miss it. We yeah. said that before. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, and I was wondering, like, how do you have any, maybe I would say, ritual to, like, get into this, this zone? Because yeah. I guess you get into a kind of zone mm -hmm. uh, to, like, yeah, like, fuel your energy and uh, switch something on here and there and like yeah what's your thing yeah i mean even even a place uh a space like daybreaker or like that i so enjoy doing those events and being part of that community almost every time i feel anxiety in the morning i feel like tension I kind of feel like, oh, I don't know if I can do it this time. I mean, you've been emceeing for how many years? For now? years, right. years, yeah, almost so. <laughs> like almost like a decade at this point. Wow. And, you're and every single time, it's just kind of like, oh, I'm not really sure I want to do this. Um, I just want to be alone. Um, and it's it's those anxieties, like they, they just won't go away. I've been able to confront them. I know they're there. So one thing is just noticing that they're there. And uh, that's just part of being... Um, I think anybody that's in front of people, um, anytime you're performing, I think like any musician would probably say this as well, even though they love their craft, they probably feel anxious. So just knowing that it's there and just kind of saying like, all right, well, you're there, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? As opposed yeah, to like, listening, yeah, like trying not to listen to it 
obviously having um, supportive people like even, you know, my wife will be like, oh, stop, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And she'll like snap me out of it. And then the minute you get to um, to the location, you feel like, all right, this, this is cool, actually. You know what I mean? Um, but one thing that really helps put me in the zone is uh, is music. So okay. as soon as I walk in um, and then I'll have, you know, the DJ that day will be playing some tunes that immediately gets me in. When I'm driving to the venue, have to have music on and it has to be like high energy, soulful, like good, positive energy music. So music's key. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of athletes do that as well. Like you'll always see in like the Olympics, they've got their headphones on music. Um, but it has to, for me, it has to be like positive music. Maybe for someone out there, it has to be like death metal. Go for it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, some people listen to some classic music exactly, before a game. Exactly, some classic yeah, music. Yeah, Absolutely. Like whatever. Yeah, it's what's your trigger, I exactly. guess. Exactly. And it kind of quiets your mind too. Because if you don't have that music, all that's going to be playing in your head is, I can't do this. Uh, I feel kind of queasy today. I didn't have a good enough breakfast. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like you'll start making like narratives in your head. That stuff shuts it off immediately. So, you know, it, it's, it's an age-old trick, I think, but, like, the music's key. Um, and then just diving in. And I think, like, some sort of... Um, you can do this over the music, say, like, while I'm driving, I'll just be like, check one, check two, you know, kind of, like, tap into my voice again. Um, so, you know, for anybody that's maybe doing a podcast out there or something like that, and it's always, like, hard to dive in... Um, just, just freaking dive in. Even just do a couple takes. Just be like, one, two, one, two. Welcome, everybody. How's it going out there? And then you start to sort of break your own ice. And I think like once you break your own ice, then it's free-flowing from yeah. there. You so the shield goes. It, exactly. So as soon as I grab the mic and I, you know, there's always that like tiny millisecond of, Ooh, I'm going to choke. I don't know. And you just go, and then you just overcome it with like all of your diaphragm. Check one. Just like jump right in. And then as soon as you hear yourself on the mic, I'm like, I'm in it. All right, we're ready to go. There's no going back at this point. Like, we're there, you know? Like, cape is on, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So. And I'm curious, how, how did you start? Because, you, if, I mean, if you started, like, more than a decade ago, you're pretty young. Yeah. Um, I was in high school, actually. Yeah, so yeah. in high school, like, I guess you're obviously dealing with what you said before by childhood, this yeah. discomfort, this, this, those, those trouble you had. Yeah. Um, so how did you went from like I'm not super confident around everyone and I'm an introvert and everything I'm going to be an MC. Right. Where did that come from? Yeah, so all right. So this kind of this is an interesting episode uh in my life was when my family and I we moved to the states. Um my elementary school and middle school years I was a very very much like the sort of socialite at my school. I loved being around people. That move and moving to a public high school in the middle of Fairfax, Virginia, which was like, I don't even know where I landed. Right. <laughs> um, I had never felt so um, uncomfortable in my life and lacking in confidence and feeling so small. Where, where did you move from? Uh, I moved from Israel, too. actually. Um, so, and my school was really, really small um, in comparison to the you know, U.S. public schools. And I knew everyone, a lot of people I went to school with since like kindergarten. I mean, there were so many people that I knew there. Um, and then all of a sudden I'm dropped into pretty much like the, the movie equivalent, you know, it was like exactly what you see on the movies with the cheerleaders and the jocks and this and that. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? This like, first of all, this is just like the movies. This is crazy. Yeah, I but I knew nobody. I didn't really, I, I grew up like 
connected to America, but like I didn't really pick up on all the other things going on, like yeah. the cultural cues, the humor, all that stuff. So I was an outcast. I knew nobody. And I'm wondering these hallways, like, who do I talk to? How do I talk to anybody? This is, you know, no one could relate to me. I couldn't relate to them. So it was a moment in life where I had, you know, zero confidence. Um, and so I found, started finding outlets and I was always a dancer. I always loved music. I always connected with music. Um, and, uh, I started, um, to, to find like, um, I guess you could call like dance companies sort of things like that, where you would, you would, uh, practice together. Yeah, and, yeah. Like crews and things like that. And, um, just started working with some that are, that were based in DC. And, um, a lot of them were like hip hop based, um, break dancing, th this kind of thing. Wow. Um, and so one day, I mean, so that became like an outlet and it, it sort of took me out of, uh, all the things that I was just like uncomfortable about, um, with this move. Um, and then one day, uh, this company, this representative from an entertainment company, and they do like bar and butt mitzvahs, corporate events, these sort of things, comes to the studio that we practice in to do a pitch to recruit dancers, MCs. I was actually one of the youngest ones in the crew. Everybody was m older than me, uh, at least by five to 10 years. Um, and they were like, this is what we do. Um, we're looking for high energy dancers. We're looking for people that can um, move to the MC and I actually didn't really know any of this because the way that we do bar and mitzvahs in Israel was totally different. Oh, okay. And so I was like, okay, okay, this sounds cool. And then he said, we only hire 18 and over. And then I was like, well, that sucks because I was like 16 <laughs> at right. this time. <laughs> so anyway, I went up to the guy after his presentation and I said, dude, I'm not 18, but I'm Jewish. I had a bar mitzvah. I could rock this thing. Right. And like, just like that. <laughs> and he got a kick out of me. And he was like, he kind of looked at me and smirked at me. He was like, all right, come to our offices, <laughs> you know? And then he, they started booking me and um, they started booking me on events and as, as like what, what they call like a motivational dancer. And you're just kind of like out there hyping people up and breaking the ice. That's what it's all about because you have a lot of like these awkward 13 year olds and then you have like their parents who are like somewhat tipsy and then their grandmothers come in <laughs> and, like, and then the whole family and guests and stuff like that. So you have like all these people that have no idea how to get down together. Right. And you have to be the one saying like, hey, it's cool let's go let's go let's yeah. let's rock this and uh i started being like just really good at it and like knowing how to connect and i was very um i was very uh like audible you know i was like hey guys come in come in you know i was always yeah, engaging yeah very engaging using my voice to do so um and i started one company and then jumped around and finally found a guy who's still very dear to me um he, he was one of the only people I felt in the business that was like an honest guy, uh, you know, like good value, just like a good all around good, honest guy. And he saw something in me. He had a really, really small company at the time. He saw something in me and then, and said, you know, I think it's time for you to like, try it out. How's, how would you like to try out the mic? And I was like, I, I don't know. And my first few events were a little rough. They were. Yeah, no doubt. Like when you start things, you're always a little rough. I didn't really quite have my voice, but I had already been around all these other MCs that were in that industry. And I was like picking things up from them and like grabbing little things. And I still to this day, like remember where I got like one little thing that I sit might say or like one little technique that I got here and there. And then it just started developing, developing, developing. And then he and I really became like a partnership and we started to really grow that company. And now that company is like totally different now. 
Um, so I, I became more than just an MC. I became like social media manager. Um, I started uh, looking at like strategic business partnerships. And now we have like a full like lighting and AV production. Yeah, real entertainment. Totally, all that. Everything. Yeah. So he really took me under his wing and coached me. And then I just kind of took off from there. That's amazing. So that's kind of how it all <laughs> started. Amazing. But here I was like in high school, like raking it in on the weekends. <laughs> like, And then I sort of felt like, you know what? Screw this. You know, this is great. So I would like come in on a Monday, didn't really have many friends in high school. And then I'm just just like yeah i made like 400 bucks this weekend you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they pay well you know and <laughs> so i'm just like okay i did like that all the way through college um you know that's like really what my income was during college and then um yeah that's 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 where it started yeah, it started cool. all in high school <laughs> and it started at a place in my in my life where i was miserable um so yeah that's well we, we <laughs> it's part we, of it there's a saying rising that beautiful things comes from the darkest time or, totally. know, or something yeah <laughs> I mean, it was a right, miserable so. <laughs> miserable time i mean i've never been so depressed in my life i spent so much of that time um like before i really got into got involved in all that i mean i spent so much time just in my basement playing video games and drinking like dr pepper like the worst thing you could ever fall into that hole you know what i mean um i never thought i would ever fall into that hole ever yeah. you know because like you know where i grew up in israel like i was always playing soccer basketball i had a lot of friends i was so active and then all of a sudden i'm like i i don't know what to do i don't know what to do and it just like kind of came into this dark hole and then um, and then you saw yeah. light. Yeah, there was a light. <laughs> and then you just sort of, you know, so that that's, you know, good for everyone. And I'm sure every, almost everyone that's listening um, has been there. You know what I mean? And um, just, just know that there's always going to be some sort of opportunity, but you have to go after that opportunity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, even if, even if it's a freaking bar mitzvah, that leads to something, you know yeah. what I mean? And all of that has led to many other great things uh, in my professional life, like, um, you know, we do a lot of, uh, you know, pitches and things like that to, to our clients and, you know, just to be able to, um, speak publicly and engage audiences. And, um, you know, I've also done some moderating panels and things like that, that that's a real skill, um, to be able to like really command a table. Um, if you're leading a committee, for instance, which I've also done, like just to, instill confidence and say like this is what we're going to do and then sort of read people's um gestures and faces if you think maybe someone's not quite buying it maybe like directly say hey well you, you seem like on edge about this idea what what are your thoughts mm. you know so all that came from emceeing okay you know um yeah so there's a lot of connections to like other areas my you know professional yeah, yeah. life so we don't have to get into that <laughs> no that's cool i like that yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll keep that for later <laughs> yeah yeah so i haven't spoken much because i'm just loving listening to everything you're saying oh, glad. um but i was wondering so for people like myself and i guess for other people listening um who are talking in front of a group or big meetings or public speaking is terrifying what could you recommend to kind of push through that and to be able to do something you want to do that, that you're like terrified of yeah. Um, so again, just putting yourself into that mindset, um, just to, to, to build yourself up. Um, if music is not available, um, you know, breathing, breath work really helps just sort of, because something, something that I always notice, um, people that are very, very nervous about, um, when they're talking to, to groups, they speak really fast. Oh, I do that. Yeah. 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 No, no, I mean, <laughs> and that, that's, that's okay. Yeah. Slow it down. 
slow it down. Give yourself time to pause. Um, also, a great thing is uh, to, again, I, I'm going to keep bringing this line up as breaking the ice. So if you're in front of people, immediately go, hello, everyone. You know, like look at everyone and just be really personable. You don't have to say like, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. But you don't, I mean, if that's really the style, okay. But most of the time, audiences are just as tense as you are. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They're kind of like, how do, how do I engage with this program or this thing that's about to happen in front of me? Connect with them and bring, bring each other on the, to the same level. And breaking the ice always helps. So just like, hi, everyone. How are you? Good week. You know what I mean? Um, and then just try to sound as confident as you can. And, you know, there's different tools and, and it just takes practice. You know what I mean? It just takes a lot of practice. It could just be doing it in front of the mirror and be like, hi, everyone, you know, versus hi, everyone. You know, there's just <laughs> projects, you know, come out strong, um, stand up straight, you know, take a nice big deep breath before you say anything to a group um, and smile. You know, once you smile, people smile too. True. And then you've sort of broken that surface tension. And once you've broken that surface tension, the rest will flow. Um, so that's, that's some of the advice that I would, that comes to mind immediately. I'm sure later on I'll be like, oh, I forgot yeah. to, to mention this <laughs> or that. But yeah, I mean, you know, everyone, it's people are people, you know, and people like to be connected want, with. Yeah, they want to speak to other people. So yeah. it's all like robotic and... yeah. I don't know, too scripted and things. I guess it's kind of throws yeah. them off a bit. Whereas if you're just yourself, I guess yeah. that's when you get to connect with people and it's like less pressure and... Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly that. And I guess also there is, especially in business, uh, we always have in mind, we, we forget the people and we are in this relationship like, I'm providing something and you're my client. Right. Or, you know, I am the MC, you are just the guest. Like, right we create those barriers and we separate totally. each other and and that creates stress and 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 whatever between all everyone it's both way when I, like you said like going back to we're just the same like they're as stressed as i am and everything that we could like you, you you create this natural bond again yeah and that's going to help going forward i guess yeah you, you couldn't have put that more perfectly you know, I mean, really it's <laughs> yeah really i mean you know you're both you know putting the nail on the head here um and uh it's i think i said that wrong but whatever um yeah it's it's really those boundaries that that's actually something that just bothers me in general these boundaries that we kind of create um that really should not exist and like how do we break that you know um, but that's exactly it, you know. Uh, when you're the host, you're the host, and you, you and the audience is the audience, and that's yeah. kind of how it is. Yeah. But I, we, I think that's time creating and like time a again, and it like does. A it creates hierarchy. Slave exactly. Thing. It, it it takes it's it creates that hierarchy. And I think we, you know, if you look at some of the best public speakers out there, um, they have the ability to to arrive at the same level and really reach out and just sort of be like your friend out there. And they kind of talk to you personally, even if they're talking to a stadium full of like thousands of people, they talk to you. And, um, you know, that's, again, that's something I absolutely try to tap into um, at Daybreaker. And I try to find new ways too. like, I think the other day, like the last Daybreaker, when I sort of introduced everybody, because that's actually one of the hardest parts is like introducing everybody. 
um, I, I took a seat on the stage. I took a seat and kind of like hunched over and was kind of as, as if I was having like a casual conversation with everybody. And um, just looking at sort of the feedback, the immediate visual feedback, I, I saw that that was working. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, things like that. And you can get more creative once you get more comfortable with public speaking. You can find like new ways. But yeah, just bring yeah, that attention. You know, eliminate those that that hierarchy and just be another person speaking to you, but you still have to command. You still have to command, but still like just tap into each individual person that's watching you. Um, so I think that's key. Well, and 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 Rosie, it's interesting you asking this question while we're doing a podcast. Why? Well, because I mean, <laughs> that's breaking the ice. You're 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 stepping up into it. Yeah. yeah, I still find it terrifying. Yeah, but you're still doing it, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and you're doing YouTube. Yeah, yeah. so you terrifying. But you're <laughs> trying, awesome. and, and you know, it's little steps that. Yeah, and just the fact that you're doing that though is is amazing. And you know, I will say like, so I've also thought about doing some uh, YouTube work in the future, um, surrounding you know my painting and and um, you know putting out uh, videos of like how to approach the canvas and things like that, and really how to utilize. Um, you know, how to work with oil paint and because um, it's a science. It's a total science. And I find that so terrifying. Yeah. And I think the hardest part there, um, and th this, this shows, this is just shows like where my limits are right now in terms of like public speaking. I don't know how to speak to a phone or to a, yeah, a camera. You don't have the feedback. Yeah, there's no feedback. <laughs> yeah, yeah so that like, is the hardest thing, yeah. you know? And I, I really have such great respect for people that just know how to, again, as if they're talking directly to you person to person, but they're literally, they're taking a take, you know, or if they're doing it live, they're still just talking to a phone yeah. um, or a computer. And it's like, I don't get that feedback. And so then I'm just in this new world. This, that's uncharted territory for me. It's uh, like, so. so when we started <laughs> yeah. doing um, these dog meetups, my blah, when we started doing these dog meetups with my dog photography, I do giveaways and I'd have to do an Instagram live to announce the winner. And every time I was like, "Oh my god, Jerry, you do it! I hate it! Oh my god!" Ah. And every single time I messed up my words, but I still didn't. I think like the more you do something, the easier it becomes. Oh, definitely. And like same with YouTube, I started that recently. I haven't really told many. I don't know. I'm still kind of like nervous about it all. I'm like, oh, don't watch. Well, here's but the announcement, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I've got the like, people listening. Um, oh, see, this is what happens as well. I forget what I'm saying. Oh, you broke the ice, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, so you were, you were basically saying like how, you know, this is it's uncomfortable for you yes. and you know so it's terrifying but i think the more you do something that's terrifying the less terrifying it becomes absolutely so a bit like this the first time i was way worse i spoke way quicker and well i still had mess ups like i just had now but that's normal i'm human um but with the youtube thing like my first couple of videos were awful like a couple of years ago and they're still not great <laughs> but i'm trying and i think that's the main thing as well just to keep like if things terrify you I think it's probably something you should do to like overcome it. So 100%. please do YouTube. 100%. I'd, I'd like, I'd want, uh, yeah. I can't talk today. I would love to watch your videos about paintings. So oh, absolutely. One day, it, you know, I, I'm also going to uh, you know, have to take your advice there. And uh, this goes back to um, kind of like a mantra that my, my father brought me up on is that, you know, life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. Hell yeah. And he, he raised me like that. This is always how it's been done. Um, you know, if I ever had to like go and travel alone, he goes, 
no, you're doing it. If I ever was, you know, feeling a little bit like, oh, I don't know, we'd be like, nope, do it. Life that's begins amazing. at the we edge brought of up this side. way. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I mean, we were always traveling. Traveling has been part of life uh, since I was three years old. Wow. That was uh, the first long haul flight to. Uh, that's that's a beautiful dog, by the way. That's <laughs> yeah. clack, clacking away. Um, if, if if any guys were here, um, you'd fall in love. Um, yeah, yeah, shake it there off, brother. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, that was like the first long-haul flight uh, from the U.S. to Australia when I was three years old. Oh, wow. And I don't know. My, my parents must be insane for doing that. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. Apologies, Mom. Apologies, Dad. Um, but yeah, ever since that day, I mean, it was like we've just been traveling, traveling, traveling. My father traveled a ton for work and still does. And my mother goes off and does artist residencies in France and this, that, you know what I mean? So yeah. we're, my sister now lives in Israel. I mean, we're just all over the place. Like half my family lives in Australia. It's like we're all over the place. Love that. All over let's the, go into, the place. Let's go into it. Oh, sure. <laughs> Perfect yeah, transition. Let's this opened up it. a, a yeah. new door here. <laughs> door number two. Because we, <laughs> we love traveling and yeah, we... So we yes, can, we do. Can, we can talk forever about that. Uh, but we're going to take it this way. Um, so you've been traveling since three years old. Well, I guess that's that's a great way to grow up. That's yeah. the best education I think you can have. Um, Definitely. I, I, believe, I, I believe that traveling is a great way to be grateful, to have another perspective in the world. Uh, if you grew up, you know, in one space, like yeah. in one place, in the same country, if you don't see what's going on in the world, yeah. you have all those cliches, those, those ideas in your mind totally. about the world, about people, and that's how people become racist. Absolutely. And all this shit. I mean, I experienced and, and that firsthand when I moved to the States. Immediately. Um, so, you know, some of my first days in this new high school, this new environment, people would be like, so where are you from? And I was like, oh, I moved here from Israel. And they're like, oh, so are you Muslim? And I was like, <laughs> right. I, I'm, I don't know how to answer that. It's, <laughs> it's very complex, actually. But no, I'm not. I'm, I'm Jewish. You know yeah. that. It, I mean, we won't get into all that. <laughs> no, but it's like, that's, that was interesting. And then somebody was like, did you like ride camels or, and stuff like that? And I was like, <laughs> were there like tanks around? And I was just like. No, people drove cars. I mean, it's that's amazing. You know what I mean? I was, I was just had no idea. And I, as I got to sort of try to know some of these people, um, some of my classmates, I came to the realization um, that none of them had really been out of state. This doesn't go for all of them, but some of them had either been in Virginia their entire lives, um, never even traveled outside of it. Maybe been to some surrounding states or traveled within the states, but but not much. Um, and I found that like really surprising because um, so where I went to school in Israel was um, it, it was an American international school. OK, so it was, I, I, I had the great privilege of um, receiving a fantastic education. Um, definitely, definitely privileged um, in that in that regard, because um, Israeli schools are just not that great, <laughs> you know, until you get to higher education. Um, and my parents, you know, put me in this school because we knew eventually we'd be moving back to the States at some point, um, and they wanted me to have a good education. All my classmates were from all over the place, um, Thailand, India, um, you know, Zimbabwe, uh, Uganda, uh, Germany, every, from everywhere. 
um, because a lot of um, a lot of the people that attended the schools were either connect, like their parents were connected to embassies and things like that. Uh, so, yeah, okay. yeah. and it was always people in and out, people in and out. Um, so, you know, that was a very big transition. I got to know a lot about different countries, different cultures. I'd go to my friend. Um, uh, his his name was uh, George. Um, his, his longer name was a lot longer, so I'm not going to butcher <laughs> it. But I'd go to his house, and um, he was Nigerian, and I would learn all about Nigerian food and get to know his parents and see what what the interaction, like what does a family dynamic look like um, in a Nigerian household. Um, that was fascinating. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, another really, really close friend of mine for many years was um, connected with the Indian em- embassy. And I would just, you know, go over there and spend, you know, we'd always have sleepovers and things like that and eating all the best Indian food all the time and getting to know his parents. His father was Sikh. His mother was was Hindu and like kind of understanding the nuances there um, in and of itself was a learning experience. Oh, yeah. So it was that was like another way I like could not relate to a lot of people when I moved to the states. Yeah, so you went from like yeah. a place with people from literally like every single so country international. in the world to a place where like people yeah. have never left town. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I knew the difference between <laughs> Taiwan and mainland China. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean where wow. you know a lot yeah. of people just and and you went to a that's place Asia where it's somewhere. like yeah, that's in Asia somewhere. Where it's yeah, like exactly. Virginia, the rest of the world. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, Europe is a country, right? And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, it was always I was always encouraging people like, oh, well, you should travel. And they're like, oh, I don't think so. I mean, it's so far. I'm like, oh, it's a couple. You know, you sleep on and the it's flight. Dangerous. And and it's dangerous, <laughs> right? So again, you 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 know, people that uh, maybe haven't ventured out more um, create narratives. Um, I think also what people see on the news definitely oh, yeah. affects their perception of something, which then you get there and you're like, Oh no, people are just people here. Well, I can, I, I can, yeah. give, I, I can give you my story about that if you want. Oh uh, man. I'll hear that. <laughs> definitely. So I, I grew up in a small town in, uh, in the South of France, uh, like 1500 people. Wow. Really small town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's, village, even. That's, yeah. Like a small, that's small. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I, I didn't travel when I was a kid or teenager. Like I, I literally started traveling when I was 22. Oh, wow. Um, so traveling was not part of my childhood at all. So I grew up seeing the world through like a tiny, tiny window, Wow. uh, through the TV and through what adults was telling me, you know? So that's the way I was brought up. And that's why for years I was racist, homophobic and all this shit because I've been told that, you know, black people or Muslim or terrorists mm-hmm. or they're going to kill me. I've mm-hmm. been told that being gay is a disease. Mm-hmm. And if you bring a guy to the house, you're out, uh, like all these things. And when you have adults telling you that, I mean, I believed it. Right. Yeah. Because that, that was elders. the way that's, yeah. I don't know, like, you know, like the teacher is telling me one plus one is two. Someone is telling me that. Well, I mean, I didn't question it because I was like young. That's the thing as well. Like and everyone in your space thought the same. It's yeah. Like everyone is like, it's like that. So, like that. Like, so you say, okay, well, you know, they, they know, <laughs> they know. So yeah. I'm okay with it. And then you watch TV and, and you see like fucking things going on in the world. Like the focus on the bad news and they show you whatever they want, obviously. So, so yeah, so I, I, I grew up like gay, pff, 
kill them. Like black, no good. Like all, all that, literally. Wow. That, and, I mean, that's. I just want you guys to know that's the polar opposite of how I know him now. You know, I mean, it's yeah, just incredible, so, right? But yeah, n- not many people know that about me. That's fascinating. And then well, that's something you really want to. Yeah, but <laughs> well, I appreciate no, but, you but like it's sharing. It's that. also a way yeah. to see like people can change. Yeah. Uh, because then I decided to go traveling when I was in in college. I decided to go for like a semester in Australia, Sydney, Australia, and that's where I met Rosie. Um, that's how the love story uh, begins. And yeah, Beautiful. and 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 getting there was like, well, those people are normal, you know. Like, yes, it might be gay, it might be another color, another race, but I mean, they look alright. They're not biting me. They're not, yeah. you know, <laughs> they're not kidding me. Yeah. It's like, can I say something? I remember walking through the streets of Australia and um, Sydney, sorry, and there was a girl with like bright pink hair, and Jamie was like, "Oh my god, did you see her? Look at her!" Like, stared at her as she walked past. He's like. Why the fuck has she got pink hair? What is wrong with her? <laughs> oh my god! And I was like, Jeremy, she's got pink hair. Like it's fine. And he was like, I mean, I guess so. But why? Why? And I was like, Well, why not? If she wants pink hair, she can have pink hair. And it was like, that's one of those moments I remember from you, like just trying to explain to you, like Mind it's okay blown. that she has pink hair. Like that doesn't mean she's a bad person. Or yeah, that she's well, a why would you do that to yourself? Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, and I was like, She wants pink hair. She can have pink hair. It's like not a big deal. And that's one of the points that like sticks out yeah. for me with like your growth, I guess, from like where you started from and where you are now is incredible. So that was like Amazing. in 2010. What a transformation. And, and, and yeah, and since then, like, obviously, like, being with Rosie has been helpful because we've been traveling since then and being to the many countries, many cultures, region, whatever, and and being surrounded by people like, with any kind of background. And, and yeah, it opened my eyes. And now I don't see the world through a little thing like that. Yeah. I see the world Your through, Your aperture like, is completely yeah. widened. So, yeah. so, yeah, and, and that, that's why I believe that there is always hope people can change. And you don't, no one is born racist or homophobic or whatever. It's something that we are taught. Yeah. Uh, so you can unlearn it like Absolutely. everything else. Uh, and, and that's why I believe in traveling. <laughs> that's yeah. why the day I have kids, like, they're going to fucking travel. <laughs> because, <laughs> be, because it taught me so much yeah. that I, I know how valuable it is. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really a so testament. I mean, like, that's a testament to gr- the importance. Up the way you did, like, that must be like, whoa. Yeah. yeah well, start like, your life that way is incredible. Yeah, okay. So, amazing. you know, it's a double-edged sword too, though, because, um, I mean, yes, I think it's really important to, to grow up um, with a global perspective. And um, I'm glad that, you know, you, you see the huge value in it and that you hope to raise your children like that. Um, one thing that that it did uh, give me or did not give me, in other words, is a sense of home. Okay. Um, so even to this day, if, if somebody asks me, so where are you from? I'm like, I have no idea how to answer that. Um, the world, dude. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of, you know, I, I can't say I'm from Israel because I'm not Israeli. I don't have an Israeli passport. I grew up, you know, in that country, but still like, connected culturally to the u.s or australia and then like having friends from all over the globe and um you know and my, my, my grandmother's czech i mean it was like everything's like all over the place and so um it then becomes a little overwhelming you know what i mean yeah, and okay. especially really really difficult to stay in one place at one time um or for a long amount of time um and i've always been like nomadic you know um and always been moving to one place, trying this place out, uh, making great friends and connections there, but then finding it easy to then like pick up, be a nomad again, 
you know, set new roots down. There's a beauty there, but also I can't begin to list how many incredible people that I've had friends, friendships with and connected with and um, admittedly don't really keep in touch with. Yeah. Um, it's something I wish I was better at, but it's really so many interactions, even, even interactions. If you're traveling and you meet people through a funky hostel that you're staying at and like, you'll have like an amazing couple nights with them and like really connect, you know, we're not in contact anymore. And it's kind of like, Oh, I really wish we could. And I wish we could like all see each other again, like all these amazing connections. Um, so sometimes it's a little heartbreaking because you kind of remember these like these people that you met that were really interesting and you wish you kept in touch with. Um, but also at the same time, it's like easy to like disconnect and um, move on and find, you know, new roots, yeah. new people. Uh, so there's a strength there. But at the same time, there's like it's hard to, to be grounded. Um, it's hard for me to even tell you like where and my wife's similar uh, and so it's like kind of hard for us to say like, oh, this is where we're going to settle down and start a family. Like, I don't really know. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes we're like, you know what? Maybe we should just pick up and, and buy one of those places for one euro in Italy and fix it up and like make it a big Airbnb and like, you know, do culinary workshops yeah. and yoga <laughs> workshops and art workshops and there. Workshops. And <laughs> yes, and I'm like so down to do this. But like it's at the same time, it's like I don't really know. So um you know, that's, I think, that's the double-edged sword. You know, you don't really know where where you fit in the world because you can just, you know, we were just in uh, in India uh, from, you know, December into January. And, you know, just stick me in New Delhi, put some boots on, and shit, I'm walk, walking through. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm navigating through the crazy streets of New Delhi like, all right, yeah, this is kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like, Let's make it happen. Like, this is working. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, you kind of, you, you know how to navigate. Yeah, you learn. You know how, how you. to Yeah, exactly. Adapt I mean, honestly, the CIA would freaking love me. They'd be like, oh, all right, we need you <laughs> here and just grow your beard out and just, yeah. And I'll be like, yeah, all right, got it. You know, I'll become a local in like a week. Got it. Um, so that's the strength. But at the same time, it's like, when I say I'm going home, like, what's home? But then I guess, you know, home is, you know, family. It's your loved ones. It's things that are important to you like it's your studio it's your wife it's your you know well wife comes first then studio um but yeah you know it's those sort of things. it's my cats um and that that you can take you can establish yeah. anywhere so you know uh, it, it's still a challenge like i don't really know where, where i fit no, no, yeah interesting I've, I've, I've never seen i've never pictured this side of the of the story so yeah i i actually like that yeah i have to consider all that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's, it's not something you you really hear about clearly yeah um so oh, okay yeah something to think about yeah yeah it's definitely <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and would you like for example like you i, I don't know if you're going like if you have children like what would you do then I, I mean, I'd still want to travel. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I definitely would want to raise them in a similar way um, that I was raised. I, I would like for them to have um, a sense of home or uh, some sort of identity. Um, yeah, I guess more maybe like that's me saying that now. But at the same time, I just kind of, you know, I want them to see the world. I want them to, um, 
to really go after things uh, that they want to do, even if it's like backpacking through like Thailand and Laos and, you know, Cambodia for a couple months, like I'm just going to be like, all right, go. You better just take your malaria pills. Do it. (laughs) Do it. Like, absolutely. Like go out there, learn, volunteer for a month or two. You know what I mean? Um, Give back. Uh, I think, I think that's also one of the biggest takeaways um, when you travel to certain parts of the world, specifically like Southeast Asia or India, is you see um, the way that people live um, and how they live with so little in comparison to uh, what you have here um, in Western countries. Even people that are living in poverty in this part of the world pale in comparison. Um, but what you do see is pure joy. And, you know, they, they're definitely struggling with a lot, but you see so many like smiling faces. We had like kids surrounding us, like trying to speak little pieces of English here and there. And I saw kids like splashing water literally with a giant Buffalo, you know what I mean? (laughs) And I think like you see here, a lot of kids, it's like getting burned out with their apps and their things like that. And it's like, you know, there's so much more to life. And these, these kids and these people have so little, but they, they're able to tap into, the things that are really that that are really things to value, like the sunset, the, um, the little plot of land that you have, the um, you know your family. I was gonna um, say family and community. Family and well. community is huge. Food. Yeah, food brings p- these people, to, you know, everybody together. I think across all cultures, um, and uh, you know, the late great Anthony Bourdain definitely you know <laughs> painted that picture for us, yeah. um, how it just brings people together. But yeah, I think just when you travel, you kind of you're, you're humbled. You're really humbled and you learn to appreciate the small things in life. And, um, I think that might tie into my discomfort or hard time being active on social media and putting myself out there because I'm just like, what is myself? Like, I don't, I'm just going to focus on things that, you know, are important to me and, um, bring me joy in my life. And it's like, it's hard for me to share it with the masses um, because like these kind of, these parts of the world have like super humbled, uh, me, you know, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, so, but I, th- I still, th- I think that's so important. I think a lot of people could, could use, oh, yeah. especially right yeah, now, come in on, this, like in this society where like, we like over consume everything. And, oh my and, God. And especially here and, in Miami. I think and we don't appreciate anything we have. It's like the day we buy something is like, I want a fucking next one. Yeah. You know, or like, yeah, like, or was more, think, was more, and more, and yeah, more, and more. Like desire and material things, they're, um, you know, they're. It's just a, it's like a vase full of holes, and you're just gonna completely just pour water in it, and it's just gonna keep emptying out. And um, I think traveling to these parts of the world um, make you happy with a small glass. You know what I mean? And uh, that's that's definitely something that I want my children to, to yeah, really value. To, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, we, you know, my wife and I will go out to dinner and maybe we'll see like a family and like, there's a kid at the table with like, with an iPad and like at the table and not interacting um, yeah. with other adults um, versus when we were in, you know, an example was we were in Venice and we were watching this, this family or this, uh, this group and the young girl is like running the show. She's like running the conversation. She must have been like seven or eight. And every and she's having like awesome conversations with everybody. Granted, it was in Italian, I couldn't really understand all of it, but like you could tell that she was like having relevant conversations with everybody at the table. 
And I think that's so important, you know what I mean? To be able to, and I think that that helps with communication skills big time. Um, it, you know, in my childhood, we, uh, you know, I didn't grow up with iPads and iPhones, um, that hadn't been released yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we always had people over for dinner. Um, and sometimes it was, you know, uh, clients or, or colleagues of my father's. So I had to be on good, in good behavior, you know what I mean? But I always found a way to like interact and like start jokes and kind of be like, you know, the personality of the converse at the, at the table. And, um, you know, those little things also sort of, I think, led to being able to MC, being able to speak publicly. And I definitely want my kids to have that skill. Yeah. There's no phone at the table. God, no, <laughs> no. You're going to be here. You're going to be now. You're going to be present. Be you're present. going to get, and you're going to engage and you're going to learn how to communicate and look people in the eye and, you know, like, let's be humans be human. together. <laughs> yeah. Can we, can we be humans? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's funny that we need to say that now because yeah. it should be normal, but yeah, now we yeah. have to make it. <laughs> something yeah. I think also, cool. you know, like when you travel, you, you really see raw humanity sometimes. Like if you go to certain parts of the world and you're just like, okay, like this is what human life can be like. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, you realize that you don't actually need that much. No, the, you this, really don't. We, we use the word need yeah. way too often. We want stuff. We right. don't need them. It's way different. Yeah. And, and yeah, we overuse the word need. I yeah, think. and I think, I think like also like connecting with something material or feeling like you're entitled to something or like a belonging is mine. And, you know, we definitely live in a, in a society uh, here in the States that's very like me centric. Oh, yeah. This is mine. This is my property. This is my things, you know? Um, and what that actually does is, uh, it doesn't necessarily help, um, doing, doing things that are, uh, or looking at your actions as outwardly actions. So the action that I'm going to take right now is for the well being of the person next to me, you know, that kind of gets a little bit lost. Oh, yeah. and granted, there's so many great people. Like, don't, don't no, get no, me wrong. No, no but, in general, but yeah, yeah, like in general. We like, live in a selfish society. Yeah, right now. So, yeah. So, so me, 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 and me. Right. right. And uh, what you find is, you know, you won't see, like even, for instance, a busy, crazy road in India where like everything like looks like it's going to hit each other and definitely scrapes each other. Like everything's <laughs> scraped up against one another. I saw zero, and I mean zero road rage. None. In fact... We were driving and this guy, um, this like one of these little uh, tuk-tuk things, like scraped the side of this, uh, the guy that was driving us, was driving like an SUV, which is pretty rare. Um, and he literally got out and we thought he was like going to go and like berate this guy like, hey man, what are you doing with my car? You know, that kind of <laughs> yeah. thing like we'd see here. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? And he, he literally got out there and... He was like checking to see if he was okay. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? it's like, what? Get out. He came back so calmly, like just got back in his car and um, we're just kind of taken aback by that. I mean, how awesome is yeah. that? Just to, so like, you know, it's when, whenever you're doing something, you're not thinking, oh, this is mine. This is me. This is what I deserve. It's more like, um, no, I care about the people next to me. Like this action is definitely going to affect somebody else. Um, and I think we all need to remind ourselves of that I lose that all the time, especially like when you come back to your, you know, life, uh, and here in the States and you're, you just have to remind yourself like, Oh, wait a minute. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Think about, you know, even just using a turn signal, um, which, you know, 
Miami get with it. <laughs> no, really, because it's helpful. Oh, because I kind of want to know like what you're doing. Like even though I can kind of tell you're slowing down to take a turn, just letting me know puts you in a better position and lets me know that what you're doing and your intention and just keeps everybody safe. And that's good. You know, small actions like that, uh, holding a door open for someone, you know, just it's, it's all about just paying attention. Yeah. And, just paying and, attention. And a little shit about other people. <laughs> yeah. Just, just give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like, but it doesn't have to be big. Like you say, it can yeah. be really small Tiny. things. Yeah. From, but from, from the was... minute to the, to the grand, you know, picture, you know, just, give a shit, you know what I mean? And um, that's what I always found in these, uh, in these uh, countries that were completely impoverished um, was like this great sense of outward thinking. Um, so that was really, you know, that and being humble. Yeah, no, I agree. I, 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 I like to think of like, yeah, every year I need my dose of, yeah, you gotta right. get the dose. <laughs> I need to get, get the away. dose, man. Yeah, At least yeah. once a year to just remind me all that because we tend to forget. Like we, absolutely we, we, we get trapped in the world of like yeah. everybody's doing the same thing getting the new phones and this that and either kind of get distracted and think that's normal and then when you go somewhere you're like oh no okay back to reality back to like so it's good to go back like yeah. on a regular basis to just remind ourselves that no this, and going back this to what you not... said earlier like if everybody else is doing it i'm doing it too yeah. you know what i mean and you kind of become part of that of the drift yeah 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 part of that horde you know yeah. what i mean you're like wait no 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 like let me let me pull a u-turn yeah. here you know what i mean um, and, and, and one of the things that I like about like poorest country like that is I feel like the, the less they have, the more they give. Like Definitely, yeah. I eat a lot of food, okay? Mm -hmm. Like you can put me a really big plate in front of me, I'm going <laughs> to finish it. Okay, just for context, in France, Jeremy would buy a one kilo pasta thing and eat that to himself for lunch. Where does it go? <laughs> Literally, he's the skinniest thing, so he can, he can eat. But like, when we went to Indonesia like four years ago, mm, um, nice. we stayed, I always remember that, we stayed in this tiny house. This woman, she didn't have anything. She didn't have furniture. She, we stayed on the floor. We cooked on the floor. Like mm. She had nothing to yeah. put in this house. It was just an empty house. Uh, she gave us so much food. I could not finish anything. I literally did not finish a plate. There was so much food. Like, the amount of food she gave us was probably like worth so much money. And so she would have lasted probably like a few weeks with it. My God. And, and she gave us so much. And I was like, I want to finish that because I'm feeling bad. Like she's literally giving me, giving me everything she's got. I'm going to eat every single grain of rice. But I physically couldn't. And now I, I felt bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, yeah. And like, you know, in, in, and right here, like we we are not gonna give a sandwich or a fry to an homeless in the street because it's mine and I've paid three dollars for it. So right. fuck it, like yeah. There yeah, is I mean, a I think really big that gap sense right of there, mine. Like <laughs> yeah, I think you know that whole sense of mine and and you know that connects with the ego and um and uh, so so my wife and I are, she she's really um practices more than I do. I need to step my game up, but, um, she really goes deep into Buddhist philosophy. Uh, she practices meditation and yoga, um, religiously, you know, and, um, but the thing is like, we've definitely gone to classes together. Like Buddhist teachings is all about that, you know, just removing the ego from the equation 
doing things, uh, every action is for the benefit and well-being of others, giving, you know, all those sorts of sort of things. So uh, as a philosophy, it's definitely everyone should like read philosophy and like learn different philosophies from all over the, the world. Um, but yeah, that like really clicked when we started to really go deeper into the teachings and the philosophies. I would definitely recommend, um, you know, people really look into that because it's um, stuff. It's not like a religion. It's a philosophy. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. like a way of life. And I think like uh, it, it, it can definitely impart some fantastic um, rules of thumb um, that people can integrate into their everyday lives, even even here in the States, which is you know, to- polar opposite type of lifestyle. We can absolutely uh, think about giving more. Think about something is not mine. You know what I mean? This fry is not mine. Uh, giving it to someone will um, later on that that good gesture will, you know, bring another positive thing later down the line yeah you never whatever know, like it the is butterfly effect. Like you yeah, never know butterfly like effect. you're gonna make someone happy and, yeah. and, and he's gonna Some, do something else and yeah else absolutely and, yeah. like you know the smallest little thing and every, every little act of um positivity every little act of um uh, being generous uh, just will arise in your own life yeah. will bring you, you something rich and... as well um yeah the ripple effect absolutely so and i've definitely seen that happen um, I've definitely seen the opposite happen. Um, you know, definitely handling, getting a handle on um, temper uh, has been work in progress, like throughout my life. I think, uh, you know, growing up in Israel, as as much fun as it was, I think it did make me a little tense. Um, you know, pe- people are a little bit edgier there. You know, there's going through a lot. There's a lot okay. going on in that part of the world. So people are edgy. Yeah. Um, and I feel like my fuse has definitely, definitely improved, um, especially with the introduction of some of these uh, teachings as well. Um, and just, you know, calming down, getting a hold of your own emotions and saying, you know what, if I act in a negative way, it's not going to come around. It's not going to solve anything. It's going to make things 10 times worse every time, every time. Um, you know, so just, again, a subtle reminder, we should all just be mindful of those actions. Be kind. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I don't practice what I preach, preach all the time at all. No, I mean, you know, but as long as you can sort of, um, you know, try to, you know, yank, yank the chain a little bit, if you find yourself going there, I think that's a gradual practice and just, you know, be, be aware, be aware of how you're coming off to other people. Yeah. Yeah, how are you coming off to other people? Because at the end, like, we rely on others all the time for everything. Whether whether you like it or not, we rely on others and we're connected to others all the time. So how you come across to others, how you engage with others is really important. Um, if you put something bad out there, boy, it's going to come yeah, back. Yeah, one, one day. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to come back. It's yeah. not going to be helpful to you. So. Yeah. Um, I'm not even sure how we got there, but like I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I told you about that. <laughs> yeah, um, wormhole, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we're gonna have to wrap it up because it's been an hour already. Amazing. Uh, Time flies. Yeah. Time flies. Uh, but thank you. Like, yeah, we we didn't know where we were going, but I loved it. Um, Same. That's been such an interesting conversation. Thank you, Anton. It's been for, a real pleasure for sharing everything with us. Uh, it's been really valuable, I think, for everyone. Uh, so yeah thank you again for coming i loved it <laughs> thanks for having yeah, me thank you again um please do subscribe to this 
podcast share it with everyone with friends and family leave us a review if you enjoyed it um anton where can we find you on social media even though yeah all right and maybe you guys can encourage me to be a little bit more active um i'm definitely artsy with my photos so show some love um yeah it's just at anton merbaum it's not the most creative ever but a-n-t-o-n m-e-r-b-a-u-m um but yeah you can catch me there um would love to just hear from you just reach out yeah perfect thank you so much thanks for having me thank you see you next week bye